0: One Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will revisit the muni markets as we will explore the implications of infrastructure developments along with a look at what interstate migration patterns are telling us, the drivers behind recent muni performance and more. So joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Kathleen, always great to have you on the podcast. Welcome back. Looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Thank you so much Dan for having me
0: back on absolutely and Kathleen I know our conversation today will revolve around the most recent municipal market guide a monthly publication I know you run lead on and the title for the month of August is migration patterns persist uh, we'll get into that topic a bit later in the conversation though as a starting point very timely I know we're tracking a one trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill which really seems to be gaining momentum I know the Senate could cast votes as as early as this week. So, Kathleen, pending that moves forward, what are the implications of the bill's passage to the muni market?
1: I mean, that's right, Dan. All eyes are certainly on Washington, D.C. lawmakers to see what that final infrastructure deal may look like. Um, Although, broadly speaking, the principal elements of the most recent agreement were widely expected, for muni market participants, that was not the case. The absence of Build America bonds, often known as BABS for short, as well as an expansion of private activity bonds was a disappointment. That being said, new information may be forthcoming before Congress breaks for summer recess. As he said, we may get some information um, this week. It is still possible that a muni initiative be attached to a bill amendment on the Senate floor. Of course, that situation is fluid and the final outcome remains to be seen. That said, either way, we believe any implications from a final infrastructure bill to Muni new issue supply, which is what we're watching for will be a development in 2022 rather than for the current year in 2021.
0: Well, Kathleen, as you put it, this remains a very fluid situation, though it's helpful to know what the implications could be should this move forward and when to expect in terms of timing. So, Kathleen, thank you for the color there. Uh, Maybe we can shift gears a bit, talk about performance within the muni space. I think back to prior conversations, we've been talking about this positive momentum, and that appear to have continued throughout the month of July. So, Kathleen, can you put some numbers around that for us and maybe speak to the driving factors?
1: Yes, Dan, I'm happy to. In July, tax-exempt munis gained almost 1% in total return. That performance lifts the sector's year-to-date return to reach 2%. At the same time, the lower-rated, high-yield muni segment produced larger price gains. That sector was up by 1.2% for the month. And they have now outperformed the investment-grade muni market by a wide margin. As a point of reference, high-yield munis have gained 7.4% on a year-to-date basis through the end of July. By comparison, even high-yield taxable corporate debt produced softer results of about 4% for the same time frame. We attribute the solid performance from taxes at munis, and obviously high-yield munis as well, in large part to three reasons. First, credit fundamentals have improved in the wake of monitoring fiscal stimulus. Second, falling U.S. Treasury yields, as what we've witnessed so far this year, are supportive to munis. And third, supply-demand dynamics have been favorable.
0: So Kathleen, as a follow-up within the Muni Market Guide, you do take a few moments to update on both credit spreads and fund flows. Uh, What did the month of July deliver on both?
1: Uh, Yes, we do uh, always provide updates on those to, um, factors. Not surprisingly, Dan, credit spreads have continued to tighten, and that reflects improvements in the credit fundamental outlooks thus far in 2021. As a point of reference, triple B spreads at the 10 year maturity point now sit at only 63 basis points. These are the tightest spreads that we've seen since the pre pandemic period of early March 2020. And in the high yield muni space, a similar pattern is seen. The gap between high-yield munis and investment-grade munis as a whole rests at about 205 basis points. That closely aligns with the pre-pandemic levels seen in early 2020. On the demand side, investor interest in munis have been very strong, as best evidenced by inflows to muni mutual funds. We have now seen net new cash move into muni mutual funds for 15 straight months. That reflects investor demand for tax-free income strategies. And for the month, um, we expect, and for this month, we expect that the pace of municipal bond redemptions and proceeds from called bonds will continue to overwhelm supply.
0: Kathleen, within the guide, you also take a few moments to walk readers through some portfolio themes. You do so each month. So are there any in particular you'd like to highlight for us today?
1: Yes, Dan. In this month's guide, we do highlight three themes for municipal investors to consider. Um, obviously with rates low and credit spreads tight, it has become even more challenging to find attractive values in the muni market. That said, the themes that we discuss in our report are the first one is to consider cross asset opportunities along the curve. You know, at present high grade munis provide tax advantages versus treasury securities beyond the five year spot. By contrast, their value is more limited in short dated bonds. So for investors intent on positioning assets in high grade debt with maturity terms inside of five years. Better values may be available in corporate bonds after adjusting for taxes. Second, we continue to believe it makes sense to hold high-yield munis for incremental income. Although credit quality spreads on high-yield munis have compressed, as I mentioned earlier, we do believe that the market's technical strength can support the high-yield muni market for a while longer. And we remind investors that the higher coupon income received from high-yield versus investment grade can provide a cushion against gradual price declines associated with rising rates. And finally, there's the taxable muni market to consider. Taxable muni debt in the A-rated space now trades at about 30 basis points to 90 basis points over U.S. Treasury benchmarks. Therefore, in some instances, these bonds may now yield more than tax-exempt debt, on a tax-adjusted
0: basis. So Kathleen, maybe as a closing point, so tying this all into the title of this month's Spotlight, within the Spotlight article, you do revisit the topic of interstate migration. And this is a topic we've covered on prior podcasts, though this month you do examine whether those trends covered in prior guides have persisted. So maybe, Kathleen, can you remind us of those trends and speak to your latest findings? Uh,
1: Sure, Dan. Um, As you said, we have written about this podcast Popular topic in our previous research reports. Um, In last year's report we examined four years of data from the IRS in an effort to determine which states lost aggregate income and which ones benefited from net migration. We now have another year of data from the IRS and the pattern identified in past reports has persisted. The 2019 data which is the most recent available and it still precedes the onset of the pandemic Suggests that states with a lower cost of living and a lower income tax rate do attract more affluent migrants, migrants, excuse me, who have the financial ability to make the move. The findings show that Florida, not surprisingly, attracted the most new income that was ahead of Idaho, Arizona, and South Carolina. By contrast, New York and Illinois continue to witness income out migration. That being said, in our report, we conclude that the cumulative change in aggregate gross income through migration remains a relatively small percentage of the total income generated by each state government. However, we do believe that investors should remain attuned to these longer-term trends that we identify in the report when constructing national municipal bond portfolios.
0: Well, Kathleen, very productive conversation as always. Thank you for walking us all through all that you did and providing an update on a recent drivers behind Muni performance, touching on infrastructure, migration patterns, a lot we can follow up on. So looking forward to picking back up with our monthly Muni conversation in September, though I wish you a nice balance of the summer and looking forward to having you back on the podcast again soon.
1: Thanks very much, Dan. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Kathleen. And again today we've been joined by Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including of course the publication which Kathleen has been making reference to during our conversation today the monthly municipal market guide again the title for the month of august migration patterns persist so for clients of ubs you can also contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topics or if you would like to receive a copy of the municipal market guide directly top of the morning is part of the ubs market moves podcast channel which is available where podcasts are found including on itunes spotify TuneIn, stitcher and pandora visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS studios, I'm Ben Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.